Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Today, we're going to talk about four tips, four strategies, four things that my guest did to build a seven-figure freight agent business, okay? So she's a freight agent. So why don't I bring her up really quick, and I think you guys will probably recognize her. All right, this is my friend, and I'm going to murder her last name because I'm terrible at these names, but Lita Hakobian. You did a great job, then. All right, awesome. So Lita is a freight agent, and who are you with, Lita? I always freight tech. Freight tech. She's an agent for freight tech. She found her home over a year ago now, I think, wasn't it? About a year ago? Yes. I yeah. June. Yeah, about a year ago, she found her home at Freight Tech and she's doing extremely well. You've got a really interesting background. For those that didn't catch the first interview, if you guys want to try to catch that, you can go to my YouTube channel and go to Freight Agent Interview, Freight Agent Success Stories, and you can see her interview there where she kind of talks about her origin story. But why don't you just give a quick intro to everybody? Let them know, you know, a uh, quick background and then where you're located right now. And uh, we'll go from there. Yes. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Lida Hakopian and uh, I'm a freight broker with Freight Tech. Actually, I started my logistics journey back 2016 as a truck driver and um, I did some dispatching after that. And then um, after being tired of this, all these rude brokers, I decided I will be the nicest broker <laughs> possible. So I decided to go into brokerage. Uh, well, and then um, I took Dennis Brown course and I worked hard and I gained my customers and yeah, and I did over one and a two million in sales this year. And where are you based out of right now? Now I know you you travel oh, a lot. You're a big traveler. You love to travel. So where are you? At I am now? joining you from Armenia. So I I came here to open my agency and uh, yeah. So you're from Armenia, but then you lived in the States and now yes. right now, currently you're back traveling in Armenia. Yes, I'm just visiting, yeah. So you're like the jet set freight agent. Yes, I am, you know, working remotely, traveling, yeah. All right, great. So listen, everybody's eager and anxious to find out what the secret is, right? Everybody thinks there's these big secrets and the things you're going to share today I'm going to tell you, you, everybody that's listening to this, you have probably heard every one of these things before, but I wanted to have Lita on because when I say these things, you don't believe me. Okay. For whatever reason, you guys don't believe me. I wanted you to hear it directly from her because she's the one who's done this and is literally expanding, growing her brokerage. I, I think she's going to do over $2 million in sales this year. Do you agree? Yes. She's going to do over $2 million in sales this year. What are your profit margins typically percentage-wise? I think it was about 15. Almost 16, yeah. Almost 16%. So on $2 million in sales at 16%, that's over $320,000 in gross profit. And I trust me, she doesn't have a lot of overhead, okay? Other than when she books these crazy flights across the ocean, I'm sure that gets expensive. <laughs> But, um, but listen, she's going to share with you four tips and, uh, I just want you guys to lean in, take some notes. All right. So why don't you take it away, Lita? Give us, give us those four tips, start out with number one, and then we'll work our way through. So first tip I want to share with you is finding your niche. I know that when I just started, like I was listening, Dennis Brown, and I was thinking what this man is saying, how I should find my niche, how like there are so many niches, how I should find the right one. But 
the thing is you cannot figure it out like in one day you know you have to try and you have to see what is working and uh, you have to see what you are capable to do for example for me i was a reefer driver and i thought oh let's do the reefer but when i found my first reefer customer i didn't have any experience as a freight broker agent and it was very uh, difficult for me because reefer is very time sensitive and uh, this customer was very demanding of course i understand his his product require requirements then uh, i always like geometry so i decided let's go into flatbed and then i started only doing flatbed but uh, during the process you gain like a, a little bit different you know niches but the main niche still stays you know the one that you focus because sometimes customers uh, like they might have like drive and load once in a while right and uh, it is not uh, difficult to like move this lot if you do hard shot or flat the driving it's very easy but uh, the main focus you still you know want to focus on one niche so uh, how do you find this niche you just look what you like i know a freight broker who who used to be military so he focuses only on military freight because that's what he knows what that's what he likes if you like like farming or if you like produce then maybe go and uh, try to you know do refer if you are like if you like dry products go and do dry products and also it depends what kind of experience you have what you know more about because when you are trying to talk to customer you have to have an idea what you are talking because if you don't have an idea about flatbed lots when you call them or you visit them then it will be very hard and they will feel that you you don't know you know all this yeah stuff. i love that i've said it before and i'm going to say it again and lita just said it riches are in niches you got a niche down especially when you first start there's this misunderstanding or confusion when you come into the industry as a freight broker or freight agent that you need to be a jack of all trades, master of none, because if you don't, you might miss an opportunity. The problem is you can't be an expert in everything. You can't service everything. You can't even fully understand every niche, right? Because every niche has its nuances. So what Lita did, she tried a niche. It wasn't what she liked. It wasn't what she felt she was going to be really good at. So she pivoted to another niche and she found her home. And that's what I want you guys to understand. Just because you start out with one niche doesn't mean you're committed to that forever. If it's not working for you, you can always pivot, okay? Talk to us about number two. Yes, now number two tip I want to share is start local. Uh, I think uh, starting with local companies, visiting them, just introducing yourself and saying, hey, I am based out of, like, let's say South Carolina. I am your neighbor, you know, I am right in front of you i can come even to visit you and uh, this is like great starting point you know and uh, maybe you will find someone who knows you you never know or if even if you don't find so what i would i used to do i would just get like cupcakes like 10 cupcakes or 15 cupcakes my favorite one different ones and you have to dress accordingly of course you have to have business cards even in the beginning, I didn't have business card, honestly. I, I would just take my paper and pen and I would just write down. And when you go, 
You just don't say, hey, I am freight broker. You ask questions. You go inside. You check what they are doing. You go to warehouse because sometimes these warehouse guys, they are very helpful. They give the shipping manager information. They give this email. They advise whom you should reach out. And uh, you have to be like curious, you know, because I have seen like, uh, people, even like when they are sharing something, you have to look uh, professional. I think it is also very important that we don't focus a lot, but I think it is very important. Yeah, uh, no, local is a great idea. Now, some yeah. people are very comfortable like you, you know, addressing people face to face. And some people like to kind of hide behind the phone. I love the phone, but I also know the power of face-to-face, -face, especially yeah. when you're local, because you're going to be able to speak not only the lingo of their of the freight that they're moving, but you're going to be able to speak the lingo of the life they live. So yeah. I'm in Buffalo. You can talk about the Buffalo Bills. You could talk about yeah. the Buffalo Sabres. You could talk about the waterfront. You could talk about, you know, any number right. of things that are specifically local that are, that are relevant and contextual to that person. And that's going to build rapport, right? If yeah. I'm in Buffalo and I'm calling somebody from um, San Diego, California, yeah, we're both Americans. We're both in the U S but yeah. I, but on a local level, we have nothing in common. Right. And so it's a lot harder for me to build that bond because I don't have that in common. So starting out local, I think is a great idea. It'll really help you understand who your customers are. You know, Lita said, get into their warehouse, check out their shipping operations, ask good questions. If you go out to their facilities, it's going to totally change the way you think about your customer because yeah. you will have actually stepped on that dock. And Lita left one very important element to that, that tip. Here's what I can tell you about every person who works on a dock or shipping. They all love cupcakes. Yes. <laughs> okay. They all love treats. They all love little small gifts like that. So if you bring a little teeny small gift, it will definitely grease the wheels to get you in that door and to get a conversation started. All right. Awesome. So that's number two, which is. Can, can I add a, a little bit? Uh, yes, so of course. The thing is, uh, they get a lot of phone calls and sometimes they just hang up because they are busy. But when you go there, they cannot hang up, you know, they have to talk to you and they will remember you. Sometimes I even visited the same customer twice, honestly, like uh, it is very important. Even when visiting, you don't have to go like 100 miles, you know, 200 miles, just local, 50 yes. miles. I was very fortunate that I, I was living in South Carolina and we had a lot of companies. So in like 50 mile radius, I could find like 10, 20 companies, you know. Let's move on to number three. Yes. So number three, my favorite one, which I learned from Dennis again, uh, LinkedIn. I know that people say, okay, what I am going to post? I don't know what to write. So guys, if I don't know English, uh, English is my third language. I, and you see how I speak English. I speak perfect English. So if I can write, then you can write. Uh, what I did, like, let's say I wrote my first log. So what I learned, even if it is like very simple thing, I, I used to share everything. I learned, oh, hello, I am very happy to share that I moved my first lot. And I would explain what I learned during this process, what I did, you know, what mistakes I did, what uh, great things I did. Try to be like persistent and be active in LinkedIn because your potential customers are in LinkedIn. 
and uh, you have to show yourself in LinkedIn. You have to show your knowledge. You have to show your hard work, even if you are just starting. You know, people saw that I am learning, I am sharing. They knew that I am new. They knew that I, I have no clue what I am doing, but they gave me opportunity. One customer even gave me like three, three opportunity, four opportunity. Finally, I moved his lot. And after that, he gave me like 200 lots. So it is, uh, it is very important to show your hard work. And uh, again, LinkedIn, please put professional picture. Yeah, I, I, I listen. You, you, you know me. I'm a huge LinkedIn fan, right? LinkedIn was LinkedIn was the primary customer acquisition tool that we used after 2008 when I joined LinkedIn. Okay, so from there on forward, we did millions and millions of dollars worth of business using LinkedIn. So I'm a huge fan there. But like anything, the platforms change over time. But what Lita did, and I watched her do this, okay? Because number one, she bought my no cold calling course, okay? And we talked about that in the first one. And she asked me for a refund and I told her, no, go back and work on it because I know it works. And she went back and worked on it. Then she contacted me and said she was sorry because she got her first customer. And we were we became very good friends at that point because she realized that I wasn't, you know, I was only trying to help her. And now she uses it as a great tool. But I've watched her very carefully. And what I've watched her do is she will put content out on LinkedIn almost every day. And that content was content about her, about what she's doing in her current business, things she's done in the past, uh, you know, when she was a truck driver, and just things in general that created awareness of who she was, number one, created engagement because people would comment or like. And then she was able to take those conversations and pivot those conversations offline. I mean, the fact is nobody's going to give you a load in the comments of a LinkedIn post, but that's not the goal, right? The goal is- I got simply- a lot from the comments, then oh my no, God. never say never, okay? Because oh my God. You're, 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 better than, you're way better than me, that's for sure. Because I'm telling you, the goal is to simply start a conversation with your target market. And, you know, I know creating content and putting content out there is a little scary for some people, but I promise you it works. And if you're a freight broker or a freight agent and your, your niche is produce or your niche is steel or your niche is building supplies or your niche is international freight, I promise you, your prospects are on LinkedIn. So you need to be there. All right. That's number three. Let's talk about number four. My number four favorite one, giving presents, sending pizza personalized presents, uh, besides cupcakes, like let's say you have this potential customer or maybe he gave you one coat, send them pizza. It is like only $25. Trust me, it is worth, you know, paying this uh, money. And uh, also like when you give, uh, God or universe will give you back. Maybe it will give you back from another customer, but you have to be open to give. You don't have to go and spend all this money, you know. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but uh, you have to put a little bit of touch or that people can feel that, you know, you want to do business with them. I think it is very important. My customers, I sent last time, it was my customer birthday, I sent him two pizzas, one Hawaiian, one buffalo chicken. And it turned out these two, it is his favorite, but I didn't know that it is his favorite. I just sent my favorite pizzas. And he oh said, my gosh. Oh, Lisa, you are so kind. You sent me your my favorite pizza. I said, okay. 
Well, and he didn't give me lots, you know. It has been like two, three weeks. He didn't give me lots, but that's fine. Maybe next month he will be more active. Their season will come or they will have more stuff and he will remember me. And uh, I think he will still give me, you know, some lots to move. Yeah, I love that. So here's the thing. She does this not only with customers that are giving her loads, but with prospects who have never given her loads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she so she spoke to somebody, they gave her the opportunity to quote the freight. She didn't get the load for whatever reason, but she saw the opportunity. She saw the value of that shipper. So she said, you know what? I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and I'm gonna invest a small amount of money for a potential huge return. So you put out 20 or 25 bucks and buy a pizza and have it delivered unsolicited without letting them know, all right, that you're going to send it. And the change in the type of conversation that you're going to have with that person, you got to understand when you give something to somebody, they naturally want to reciprocate. Okay. They want to reciprocate. Now I can't promise you this is going to work hundred percent of the time, but here's what I can promise you. If you develop the basic rapport with a shipper and they give you the opportunity to quote on a shipment and you send that person a pizza, okay, and you do that 20 times, 20 prospects, and you're doing 20 quotes and you're not getting the freight and you're sending pizza to 20 of those people, let's call that a $500 investment. Now that seems like a lot, right? $500, oh my God, that's a lot of money. And for a startup it is, but here's the thing. If you get one small shipper, just one, one small shipper that's giving you one load per week, okay, and you're making 200 bucks on that load, you just turned a $500 investment into over $10,000 in profit. And that's year one, and that's just one shipper. Now, I'm confident you're going to get more than one out of 20 because of that reciprocation and because of the goodwill and the relationship you're going to develop. So I absolutely love that idea that she did talk about with prospects and with customers, it goes without saying, right. Um, you know, and, and you should be doing these things other than just Christmas time, other than just their birthday. Right. Because what's happening is this, this would be my tip to you, Lita. It's very common for customers to get gifts around the holidays. So what happens is if you give a gift around the holiday, that's great, but it's almost expected in some ways, the best time to give a gift is when nobody else is giving them a gift. Yeah. Okay. Nobody gives a gift for the 4th of July. Okay. Nobody gives a gift for Halloween. Nobody gives a gift for just some random day throughout the year that you're declaring a holiday. I was a special shopping to bring gifts to my customers from Armenia. Yeah, I love it. So giving a gift, uh, you know, and again, it's kind of that adage, right? It's the gift that keeps on giving. If you do this, if you practice this, uh, leveraging that to help develop relationships with prospects and your customers, you're going to differentiate yourself from the competition. And those are the things that Lita's talked about today, right? Ways to differentiate herself, ways to start conversations, ways to develop rapport and relationships. And it's no shock to me, and it shouldn't be a shock to you that she's going to do $2 million in sales. And, um, and so I'm, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so proud of you because you are really amazing. And you're, you know, you're a great example of what can happen for anybody, male, female from the U S from Armenia, um, young, old, whatever the case may be, 
um, you know, it, it, you're a great example of what can be. So I'm, I'm super excited that you're here. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add? Yes. I was just sharing that achieving extraordinary results isn't the lottery. The truth is nothing worth having comes easy. That's what makes it worth it. Hustle, hustle, again, hustle and be persistent. I love it. I love it. It's not a lottery. Yeah. You know, I, I talked yeah. about this uh, on a Facebook, a random Facebook post, nothing to do with freight brokering, but I talked about kind of that lottery mentality where, you know, people rely on luck and they rely, you know, and, and hope is beautiful, but it's not a winning strategy. You have to do the work. It's that yeah. simple. Okay. You know, having hope and feeling lucky and even sometimes being lucky is great, but it's not going to build you a sustainable and predictable long-term business. So I know that Lita is not relying on luck. Uh, I didn't rely on luck. None of my other students have relied on luck and you won't be able to either. But if you apply the four tips she talked about today, uh, I'm confident that that's going to pay you re- uh, dividends and returns in the future. So uh, Lita, truly appreciate you being here. Listen, if anybody... Um, if you're curious about becoming a freight broker or a freight agent like Lita, um, check out freightbrokerbootcamp.com. We've trained over 10,000 students, been in business over a decade, and we offer a 60-day, 100% unconditional money-back guarantee, okay? Now, for those of you that have been waiting patiently or want to be a part of my freight broker sales accelerator, which is going to be launching very, very soon, okay, I can tell you in the next week, this thing's going to launch. Okay. So the freight broker sales accelerator is where I take that piece of my brain about freight broker sales strategies, systems, tools, and I transplant it into your head in a five week coaching program. Um, now it's not a free program. Um, but if you want to be on the wait list and you want to get considered, I limit this to a hundred students at a time. Okay. So if you want a chance to do that, you got to get on the wait list. You can check it out. Freightbrokerbootcamp.com forward slash wait list. And again, Stay tuned because I'm going to be launching that. It's going to launch. I'm going to open enrollment in the next week. So if you're not on the list, you definitely will not have a chance. Uh, it's free to get on the wait list. But again, the program is an investment, but I promise you, you'll get a 10x multiple return on whatever you invest in that program. So uh, thank you so much, Lita, for being here. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.